0: Look at the rockets from SpaceX. They come back to Earth, which is a big accomplishment. But the fundamental design, the base design, still looks the same as like rockets we've seen in like the '60s, right, or the '70s. And so, you know, I'm oversimplifying it, but we think about a lot of stuff that, that's happening. Like, by the way, didn't Instagram steal stories from Snap, and then now everyone stole yeah, stories? Yeah. So there's a lot of pressure to have to be quote unquote original. But if you add 10 to 20 percent of your flavor to something, it
1: becomes original. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. Now, that was Eric Sue. Eric's the CEO of ClickFlow and SingleGrain, and he's the author of a new book titled Leveling Up, How to Master the Game of Life. Now, Eric has written an interesting book about applying the lessons he learned in becoming a top gamer to his personal and professional development and takes the lessons from that and shares them with the audience. As Eric writes in his book, even though most people think gaming is a waste of time, he found that it shaped his mindset and taught him how to think critically. So in our conversation today, we dive into why Eric believes it's important to think of yourself as a perpetual newbie in whatever you're doing, in order so you don't have these preconceived biases or any sense of entitlement that prevents you from taking the risks you need to to reach your goals and reach your potential. And we dig into various powered up power-ups, just like in games, that Eric believes can lift you to the next level of performance. So all this and much, much more. But before we get to Eric, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you subscribe, we'd certainly appreciate it if you could also give us your feedback about how we're doing in the form of a review. So thank you. All right, let's jump into it. Eric, welcome back to the show.
0: Thanks for having me, Andy.
1: Yeah, it's been a while since we we spoke. You were on like our earlier iteration of, of our program before we rebranded or acquired and rebranded, let's say so, a lot has changed, huh? Yeah, well, I didn't anticipate we were gonna have the opportunity to sell the podcast last year, and and uh, did a big rebranding, and and um, yeah, it's been great. Yeah, just continue to build the audience for for this content. Um, and as we were talking before we started recording, we share a publisher for our books, so um, urge encourage people. To read Eric's book, we'll get into here at, in the show. So it's interesting uh, reading the book "Leveling Up." That that um, sort of interesting premises is you sort of found purpose as a gamer, and that's informed a lot of how you've built your businesses and developed in life.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's uh, I, I spent a good chunk of my life. Playing games, and I, I just see life as a game. It's it's way easier to see it as a puzzle. It's, it's more fun that way, and uh, just looking at it from a, a game that never ends perspective, and just treating it as a journey, just trying to level up one percent every single day. Uh, just you know, there's a lot more fulfillment in that versus trying to stress out over you know every every little thing.
1: Yeah, I mean, interesting. In book you wrote that you found your purpose at age thirteen, which <laughs> seems awfully young for people these days. So, explain how that happened.
0: I wouldn't say I, I found my purpose at age. Th- it, it maybe it felt like I did, uh, but uh, you know, it was. I, I think it was an aha moment for me when I realized that at, at age 13, um, that you know, all I had to do was just um, you know find something in quote unquote real life that felt like a game, and then I would just be obsessed over it. Um, little did I know, it would just you know, the ultimate game is, is business, and I feel like every single day I'm playing a game, whether it's recording a podcast with you right now hanging out on a clubhouse mm-hmm. with other people, acquiring a business, or, you know, recruiting amazing people. There's so many different games I can play within um, business, which is, at the end of the day, business is just working with other people, right? It is actually, you know, it, to me, it's life, so.
1: But do you view it as a competition,
0: Oh, I I think absolutely. You know, I'm very, um, you know, my strengths finder in my top five, my, my number three top trade is, uh, competition or competitive. Um, so Mm -hmm. I I do see it as a competition, but that's just to keep my competitive juices going. It's fun to think that way, but I do not think it's a zero sum game. I think, um, you know, the pie in, in, in life just will continue to expand. I, I don't think it has to be, you know, someone needs to be eliminated. Um, just like you know, in the in the gaming world, somebody does have to lose. Um, in football, someone does have to lose. Same thing with basketball. I don't think life or business has to be that way.
1: So, what were your first two strengths above competition on your Strengths Finder?
0: Um, that's a good question. Um, I think one is yeah. achiever, and I think the second one is focus.
1: Interesting. Okay, and you talk about that in the book. So, yeah, I like sort of the metaphor you use of the. Power ups as a way to level up in in life as as because uh, it's a life lesson, not just a, a business lesson. And uh, you talk about education, food, love, competition. And I love the idea too that you use competition as a power up. So dig into those, why the why were those the four for you?
0: The four, I, I'm not sure if I listed competition as a power up, to be honest.
1: Ah, uh, you did actually. That's that's the note I took as I was reading the book.
0: Yeah, so I, I, I'm I'm ninety nine point nine nine percent sure it's it's not a chapter <laughs> in there. Um, but you know, I, I do comp- I, I do think competition is great because um, the way I look at it. You know, it's, um, it's fuel at the end of the day. So whether it's someone, uh, let's say someone says something bad about you, your company, your software, Some, someone says something bad about you, you know, maybe because um, they just don't like you. Um, and, you know, I, I used to get really flustered and upset when I was younger. And uh, you know, that I, I kind of developed a big chip on my shoulder. But then I realized a little later that um, you know, when I reframe these scenarios uh as, you know, when people talk crap or people say something bad, I'm just like, oh, this is great. This is fuel. And so when I reframe it as, oh, mm-hmm. this is something positive in the long term, then um, you know, I just I, I actually want more of it. So I enjoy mm-hmm. when people give me constructive feedback or even when people are talking crap, right? So that in itself is kind of a mental, you know, jujitsu that you're doing.
1: Yeah, I mean i Identify with that. I was told in my first first sales training class out of college, my first job. I'd been in work for on the job for like two weeks. We get sent away to a training class, big computer company. And and yeah, the the instructor, course instructor, sent the evaluation back to my boss that they should probably get rid of me because I was never gonna make it in sales because I was too analytical and thus was doomed to failure. And yeah. Yeah, I don't want to say that I think about it every day, but I it does come to mind quite frequently because certainly yeah. I've encountered those situations as we all do. Um from time to time. Yeah, I love when you're talking about reading. It was one part that really, st- I don't, stood out to me because I think this is something that is is you know, the statistics that younger generations aren't, you know, the younger generations workforce aren't reading as much as as before. And you'd quote the Warren Buffett, read 500 pages, you know, stack of books, read 500 pages like this. I think it was every week. Um, how often do you read and how much do you read? And what's 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 the importance been for you in terms of leveling up your performance?
0: So, I mean, fundamentally, if you are to strip me down, take the businesses, take all the take all that stuff away, I, I'm just fundamentally a learner and a learner teacher. I love teaching because it articulates my thoughts, and um, so I, I read a lot. I mean, right now I'm in I'm in Miami, but once I get back to LA, you know, I, I have a reading habit. Usually, I start at 8 p.m. or so, and I, I try to go um, for for up to an hour. So it's it's reading a physical book. I actually don't mm-hmm. really count um, articles I'm reading online. They do count, right. but I, I'm like, I need to touch something physical, right? Because it forces me to focus. Um, so I, I do read.
1: So Just to stop there, is do you actually need to read the physical book or do you read, can you read a digital book?
0: I used to have a Kindle. I, I can't do, I realize I can't do digital because um, it just, I, I, I don't know, I just couldn't really get into it. I, I love the, the fact that, you know, I have a physical book and I'm just like, you know, stuck with it, right? I think, um, I think I've maybe read one book on my Kindle, so, um, I just go old fashioned with it. I don't know why, but, um, you know, maybe cause I try That's to, yeah, maybe cause, you know, you look at, um, if you watched, um, inside Bill Gates's mind on, um, I forgot what it's called, but inside Bill's mind on Netflix, um, he's always carrying like a satchel of, of, of books. Right. And so anyway, my, my point is, I mean, I, I do read pretty often and, um, to me it's being able to, let's say I'm reading a biography. I'm getting to learn from someone else's experiences for 10, $20, maybe $30 or so. And that to me is such Mm -hmm. a good deal. And so I'm constantly feeding myself um, I, I think your information diet matters quite a bit, and it, it is how you're programmed. It's, it does affect your worldview. So I do try to read from people that have, you know, achieved the success that I, that, that that you know, that I want to get to, right? So whether I'm reading, you know, Warren Buffett biographies or, you know, Elon, all all the names that you heard of, or just, mm-hmm. you know, listening to people that are great philosophers or, 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 you know, kind of reading about what they're talking about, like, let, let's say uh, Marcus Aurelius as an example, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Um, right, yeah, you talk about stoicism in your book, yep.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, so it, it's... Um, you know, if, if you don't watch your health, if you don't work out, then you're going to be in trouble. If you're not working out your brain constantly, I think you're going to be in trouble as well. I mean, but that's just my perspective.
1: So if you had to look at your information diet and sort of divvy it up between books, podcasts, articles, I mean, how would that look?
0: Yeah, so podcasts, if I were to divvy it out into like a an average day, podcasts mm-hmm. might be, let's call it, uh, 30 to 45 minutes. Um Books, you know, on average, maybe thirty to forty-five minutes as well. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when it comes to reading uh, digital stuff, maybe um, let's say I average about thirty minutes or so. So I'm not at you Mm -hmm. know Warren Buffett's level where he's reading five hours plus per day, right? Right. Um, I still have you know stuff to operate, and um, you know at a certain point, maybe I can just focus on that and and, you know um, doing deals, which might be the highest leverage thing that I can do. But um, you know, you know Warren Buffett, he's had to go through his levels. I'm going through my levels right now and um yeah i think it's a that's what the mix looks like right now
1: well let me ask a question cuz this is i think a hard thing oftentimes for younger people is <clears throat> what are you giving up in order to read
0: yeah i so yeah <laughs> right now um so i'm happy to say i'm 34 right now right and uh i'm not so much interested in partying um i'm not interested in you know I, I, part, I think partying takes a long uh, a ton of time. I'm actually not that interested in playing games as much anymore because I do feel like I'm mm-hmm. very much playing a game in real life so giving up um, TV games um, partying and trading in the negative habits for positive habits um, that's that's been good because even though I talk about games in the book I think you know very much you're training in a virtual world. You have to Learn as much as you can in the virtual world, but you have to bring, back, bring that back to real life. If you spend too much time overtraining, let's say in sports, you can tear an ACO or tear a muscle. Um, you can mm-hmm. do the same thing in, in the world of gaming too. Like I have overtrained quite a bit uh, back when I used to play.
1: So, sort of uh, following that thought though, about, and I think this is another thing that we see oftentimes people talk about online and so on, but how do, you, how do you choose? Or, how would you give guidance to someone who's getting into this habit of reading, consuming information, building their information diet? How do you help them choose who to follow, who to read?
0: Yeah. I mean, I can only speak from my experience. And and this is known as uh, the the whole Gestalt protocol thing, meaning, you know, I share my experience, right? You decide what you want to do with it. Um, You know, for me, I think it's. Let's use Naval Ravikant as an example. So you know he's a billionaire. He's he, whatever he writes mm-hmm. tends to he tends to be very philosoph- uh, philosophical, and then you know the, right. the you can see he's very thoughtful about the way he talks, these questions, things like that. So um, I find him to be fascinating. Um, he's kind of a you know modern day you know kind of a philosopher or stoic, right? Um, in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, I do like the, I do like listening to conversations. Um, you know, Tim Ferriss will often bring some amazing people onto the podcast. I you know, a couple right. weeks ago, he had the founder of Ethereum, um, on there. And so I, I just like to hear different perspectives. Um, so now in, in terms of answering your question directly, um, so, you know, who can you follow that, um. That that you know has strong philosophies that you can identify with, right? Who's doing something that um, that you'd like to mirror, right? Like let's say again, Mm -hmm. if you want to be an amazing investor, go look at Warren Buffett, go look at Charlie Munger, right? Um, Let's say you want to look at who's doing amazing stuff in the world of SaaS. Um, Maybe you you follow Jason Lemkin, maybe you follow Mark Benioff, right? Mm -hmm. And so. Um, It just depends on what you're trying to do. Who's Ultimately, who's performing at the highest level and um, those are the people that I want to go out there and follow. And then what I try to do is I try to mirror them in a sense, right? And I try to maybe apply you know, a good chunk of maybe 10 to 20% of what they're doing into my life and then I have my own little kind of uh, remix and that's what makes me me.
1: Yeah, I was going to get to that point because I think you also, you talk about, you read the Stoics, Aurelius and others. um, So there's, you have to have a philosophy, I believe. It's not just enough to have a method. You need to have some principles and philosophies that inform what you do.
0: Yeah, totally. Um, and so, you know, my my personal philosophies, I, I kind of talked about a little earlier with the book, is just like, you know, you're leveling up 1% better every single day, and then you're playing the game of life, and then when you die, like, that's it, right? But you enjoy the journey every single day. And, um, you know, it's... Part of of what I, I talk about power-ups and that is a philosophy as well, but power-ups to me are not only good habits, but we're talking about mental models as well. Um, So if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to take an action, I'm going to be on this podcast, what are the second order consequences? What are the third order consequences, right? So I'm trying to continually build a, a kind of a, you know, I'm trying to stack positive power-ups instead of saying, you know, I'm going out there, I'm drinking, I'm not sleeping enough, that type of stuff, right? I'm trying to stack as Mm -hmm. many positive buffs as I can. So when I start in a day, like in my daily routine, um, you know, all the cliches you hear around uh, meditation, you know, working out, right, journaling, all that stuff. By the time my day actually starts and I start doing work, I've already stacked nine different power-ups, nine different buffs, right? And then my day ends, I go to sleep and I'm tracking my sleep and all that different stuff. And I'm basically like a machine, right? Um, But I enjoy it that way, right? That's just what works for me.
1: Are you quantifying all that stuff? I mean, you you said you track sleep, track exercise, track diet. I mean, when you have that data, what what are you doing with it?
0: So when I'm back home, I have a continuous glucose monitor um, called Levels, and then Levels will track when my glucose is spiking whenever I eat food because your body and my body, it's different, right? So let's Mm -hmm. say broccoli might be good for you, and I'm I'm generalizing right here, but broccoli actually might be (laughs) bad for me. So if I eat broccoli my glucose spikes, I'll know not to eat it that much. And so I know now the foods to avoid because I can see it on a chart. Um, That's one thing. Um, you know, I can talk about my, you know, I spent a good chunk of money on sleep optimization too. So, you know, when I go to bed, my actually, my, my cover over my bed will cool the bed, but it'll also measure my sleep and it'll score me every night. And that aura an aura ring.
1: Wait, 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 wait. All right. I need to hear about this. So what's, what's this cover?
0: Yeah. So this is called eight sleep. So it's number eight sleep.com. And, okay. um, you can stack, like I have a nice mattress, right? You obviously have to spend good money on a mattress. So I stack it over that. that. And, um, you know, there's a bunch of other stuff that I buy. I'm happy to talk about that. But then I stack that with my aura ring, which tells me, um, you know, how much REM sleep I'm getting, how much deep sleep I'm getting, and then then that actually guides me. If you're asking about an action, I actually, mm-hmm. um, I actually sleep with tape on my mouth now. And adding the tape to my mouth actually gives me about thirty minutes more of REM sleep per night because I don't need to wake up to drink water. I don't need to wake up to use the restroom because um, I'm not getting you know as dehydrated anymore. Because when you're using your mouth to breathe, it's, it's not the most efficient thing to do.
1: Okay, so you're you're taping your mouth closed.
0: Yeah, yeah. If you just uh, go to Amazon and type in sleep tape, you'll find you'll find stuff. So <laughs>
1: <laughs> interesting. Now I haven't heard of the, the taping the mouth closed before. It helps a lot. I didn't realize it. It looks ridiculous, but uh, yeah, it helps. (laughs) And if you have a mustache, I I think
0: it would be. I was just looking at your mustache. I was like, oh, I think it would be harder for Andy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right, I am checking it out though, along with eight sleep because I, yeah, biggest obstacle for me sleeping is I sleep hot, right? And I, yeah, my wife is, my wife is, you know, got every blanket in the world piled on top of her. I'm next, just with a sheet. So, the beautiful thing
0: about the eight sleep, by the way, is you can, there's regions for it. You can have one region that's hot, one region that's cold.
1: All right. Oh, that, that could be, this could be revolutionary. This could be great. Oh, there you go. That's, uh, what, that's what I try to do on these podcasts. <laughs> yeah, I know. No, I love that. Sleep tape. Yeah, I'll have to look at that. I'm not sure that's, uh, not sure that's, uh, yeah, with my mustache, that's going to be as good as a deal as, <laughs> as that. Um, interesting. I hadn't heard that. And so, how are you tracking? And how's yeah? How are you keeping a database of all this? I mean, I've I use from time to time use a Whoop bracelet and track stuff with that. But
0: I mean, so you know, for me, I mean, during the pandemic, it was pretty easy to track everything because I just hop on my Peloton bike and I, I track my meditation through like a like you know, let's use let's say Calm or Headspace. Yeah, um, those I are very Calm quantifiable, bike. and and you know, the sleep is very quantifiable as well. And then um, even the I have a, I have a I think that grades my air quality I'm in, in, in my place still on a scale of one to one hundred, so I, I track the air quality as well. So it, it's it's pretty neurotic, but um, hey, you know, it works for me.
1: <laughs> well, but I think that's the thing is, so you have to find what works for you and the things that are important. But and then, so we didn't really talk about exercise. per se. you say you got on your Peloton. Is that what you primarily use for your exercise and your workouts? Or
0: yeah, I mean, so. It, yeah, I mean, in the morning it's like a quick body workout, um, and then uh, you know, Peloton could be any like typically they're thirty, forty-five minute rides. Sometimes if I'm, it's like the weekend, I might go for yeah. like a ninety-minute ride. So yeah.
1: Who's your instructor you know, follow? Um,
0: I like so I actually I like, like Ben Aldis, and uh, I like yeah. his uh, his girlfriend um, Leanne Hainesby. Those are oh and Olivia Olivia Omato. Uh, she's like a uh, she's hardcore, so I like her.
1: Yeah, my wife likes Olivia. I'm a Matt Wilpers guy. So. I love Matt
0: Wilpers. I love uh, his power zone rides, so yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. Sixty-minute power zone ride on a weekend, that's a that's a great workout. Um, okay, so I don't get too sidetracked on that, but I think it's you know, your whole book's about performance improvement. And and so often we don't look at it from a holistic standpoint for the whole person. Uh, there's a guy who's been on the show, a friend, uh Brandon Fluharty, who's starting a business called the Quantified Self, which is really sort of focused on this thing. Is you know how do you, if you're trying to up level your performance? In his case, yeah, he's one of the top SaaS salespeople around. Is is you can't just look at your skills. You just can't look at your interpersonal skills and habits. It's the whole thing, and you should consider the whole thing. Um, So yeah, I think this is you're sort of at a forefront of movement, but I think it's one that will take hold on a broader a broader scale. Um, so one thing you talk about in the book is one of your level ups is uh, alchemy, which, and you, you have a quote on there, you say, I've always said that everyone is in sales, maybe you don't hold the title of salesperson, but if you're in a business that requires you to deal with people, you are in sales, which is sort of the Dan Pink thing is, you know, three quarters of people have the responsibility to influence others or work through others in order to get their job done. Um, tell us what your experience, you said you sort of went through this experience of learning about this because you said you sort of started with sort of a brute force approach oftentimes.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of been my my um, my, my story growing up. It's uh, throw spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks and then just continue to, you know, throw my head against it and, and you know, eventually you break through. Um, so, you know, in, in the book I, I talk about how um, alchemy is really sales and marketing. Right. I think in, in mm-hmm. people that are marketers, like I'm not at sales, right. Or then people are sales. Like I'm not in marketing, but at the end of the day, we're selling ourselves every single day. Right. Um, yes. so I, I think those that aren't getting what they want, they, they likely haven't done a good job of selling. Right. So they have to improve their skills uh, on on that side. And so again, like, you know, I, I think the easiest way to understand this is that marketing is bringing people to the point of sale. Sales sale is closing them, right. You have to have both, um, it's not one or the other. And um, I think, you know, when we talk about, you know, t- t- to me, like it's, sales is something that, that can be uh, trained up, right? And I think that, I used to think, oh, I have to do, make all these cold calls. I have to, um, you know, try all these different tactics. I would learn all these little tactics, but I didn't have a strategy. And then I, re- I realized later that for me, being a learner teacher, um, I just have to, what's worked well for me is just, you know, Learning and then teaching in public, and then the audience builds, and then when people come to me, the sales cycle is a lot shorter. Um, the lifetime mm-hmm. value of the customer is way higher, right? And then I can build an outbound team around it, and then I can combine the two, and then I have I have this the, you know the this, this sales machine. And by the way, great book on this, the ultimate sales machine, right? Um, and then you, yep. I can layer on all, all these other concepts, which to me are little power ups, right? The whole Dream One Hundred stuff, right? You can look. There's a lot of great books out there, Founding Sales. There's you know um, Sales Acceleration Machine. All these great books, um, but you know, again, you have to figure out what your personality is and what little tactics and strategies make sense for you, right? As as a person, so every little bit like we're all programmed differently. We just got to find out the other programs that align with, with who we are. So I'm kind of thinking of myself as a like a like a computer. So,
1: yeah. Well, I, mean, I think the thing that's that we're seeing though is, and this is an interesting point you bring up is that in certainly a trend over the last five ten years in sales has been yeah, how do we sort of standardize this buyer's experience? How do we make people well, maybe how we take some of the autonomy away from people in order to develop these, these unique habits uh, so they comply with the process? But I think we've already seen the backlash to that where people are saying, well, no. It, it's To your point, precisely, it starts with how do I connect with this person, as you did, you talk about, you teach, you give, you build that connection and once you've done that, then helping people Solve their problems and get them across the finish line becomes that much easier.
0: Well, there's the book uh, yeah. influenced by by Robert uh, Cialdini, right? Uh, and and what the one thing I remember from that book really well is that if you do something for someone else, by default, human behaviors they feel like they owe you, right? So if you just focus on giving right? first, yeah, reciprocity, um, it just it just way easier. So
1: yeah, give to get, right?
0: Yep. And, and probably and so, I mean, the whole jab, 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 right hook thing from 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 Gary Vee, sorry to cut you off. Um, but yeah, of you know, for every four gives, or maybe every uh, maybe eight gives, maybe you have one ask, right? So there's a ratio behind it if, if, if you think in, in, in those terms. But anyway, go ahead.
1: Well, I think, yeah, I think everybody has to learn and be very conscious about what their ratio is, mm-hmm. right? Because it's going to be different for everybody. And for you, it might be four. For Gary Vee, it might be four. For other people, it may be eight. But you can't just go through life not thinking about these things. And I, Again, I think it ties a little bit to this idea of of uh, your belief in Stoicism, because I think that's... Oops. Sorry. I had my phone turned off. Bound to, ha- bound to happen once every 200 episodes. Um, so tell us how you got into Stoicism, because I had done a fair amount of reading in it as well, and, and align myself somewhat to some of those, those principles.
0: Yeah. I, I think the, the one thing that, that, um, that sticks out to me is look, you know, the, the one thing you can control your, is, is your emotions. Like a lot of virtually like 99% of the things out there you cannot control, but you can control how you, the actions that you're taking, how you're reacting to certain things. Right. If you react poorly, I used to like, I remember, I remember when I used to play a lot of poker, maybe when I was 18, 19 years old in the very beginning, I I couldn't control my emotions. I would, you know, lose, get frustrated or go on tilt. And um, I'd lose everything and I, you know, I'd I'd be upset and I'd go through this downward spiral. And that very much is is real life. If you cannot control your emotions, your your operating system, you're gonna, you're gonna overheat and get in trouble. Um, That sticks, that that has stuck with me. And then if you think about, you know, Marcus Aurelius who's the the emperor of, you know, Mm -hmm. every, I mean, like he had, you know, he had regions, right? He had, And he had to worry about right. people invading, the barbarians coming. And, um, right. you know, at the end of the day, he's just like, dude, you know, I'm just going to worry about what I can control and, um, you know, let the chips fall where they may. And um, there's a, also another book called um, The Inner Game of Tennis. And it is about tennis, right. but it is very much, it seems like you read it, sure. but it's like life, right? Yeah, And it's like,
1: yeah, Timothy Galway, we also had a, one of his people who wrote the book, The Inner Game of Sales, based on his teachings, was on the show, too. So, yeah.
0: Nothing's Absolutely. too bad. Nothing's nothing's bad. Nothing's good. It just it is what it is. So what are you gonna do right. about it?
1: Yeah, I agree 100. I, mean, I think that that uh, I remember reading somebody saying that we can't. Maybe a different spin what you said is we can't control the fact that we feel emotions. What we can control is how we react when we feel those emotions. And yeah, it's part of emotional intelligence and, and emotion control when you're when you're in business you know, It becomes very important that you'll be able to do that. I suspect probably, as you said, a problem when you're <laughs> trying to play professional poker uh, if you can't control your emotions. Poker
0: actually force it's a forcing function because you get beat down so much in poker, and and the the you know the the variance really catches up to you. The math it doesn't matter how good you are, you're going to have months where you lose three, six, twelve months at a time. Um, it teaches you to stay calm, um, and and that's what I that's why I think um, everyone should learn how to play poker. You you should get some type of bankroll and uh, you know go through the pain because this is what real life is.
1: Interesting. So what I mean, besides the the risk factor and so on, I think there's another lesson though in poker too, which is that I think people tend to think about poker just being purely a game of chance, and they use it as a, a metaphor for sales when actually I think poker's really a game of skill, and you're what you're trying to do is in each hand is you're trying to increase your probability of winning. Which to me seems like the objective. Certainly, when I'm in sales and and selling to someone, is yeah. Every time I interact with them, I'm trying to increase my odds of winning.
0: Poker is it's risk management, and and it's it's. I think it's important for it forces you to think like an investor. So, um, how you think in bets, when you should bet big, and then knowing kind of where you stand at the moment, knowing how to play the people around you, and also knowing you know when to not overextend yourself in, in terms of bankroll management. Um, and so you see some of the best venture cap- capitalists in the world, Jason Calacanis. David Sachs, uh, Jamal Palihepatia—they play together, and I, I've seen like they'll play on TV together too, right? Um, but it's 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 great in terms of training your mind to you know not overreact and to think in bets and to just also think long term as well.
1: And so you got into poker as a result of your interest in gaming, right?
0: Uh, it was, I mean, you know, all of my friends in high school. We played a lot of games. And the senior year of high school, um, this is the year after Chris Moneymaker won, so you have amateur winning. So the poker boom happened. And I was 17 years old, and um, you know, I got demolished by my friends. So naturally, having a chip on my shoulder, I have to demolish them. So um, you know, that that's that's competitive juices kept me going. And then um, after they stopped wanting to play with me, um, we, we stopped playing basically uh, because I I, I kept t- taking everyone's money. Um, then that's when I quote unquote graduated to casinos and then, um, you know, mostly played online.
1: And so what was the biggest pot you won or the biggest tournament you won?
0: I can tell you one of the biggest pots I lost. But okay, yeah, biggest tournament <laughs> I won. Um, biggest tournament I won was probably for 25 grand. So it wasn't like, it wasn't one of those million ones. And then um, the most I'd ever won in one sitting, um, bear in mind this is like 19 or 20 years old, um, was probably around 10 grand.
1: And were these actually in person or were these online?
0: Uh, the tournament was online. In person, uh, yeah. Tournament was online. In person was cash. The the ten
1: grand. Cash. Yeah. So in Vegas or someplace like that. Yeah. I'd never. I mean, I've, I've played it casually, but I never did it uh, seriously. But I can see where that your perspective on that. Because I mean, at the end of the day, if you're in sales, and this is a sales audience, is really from the buyer's perspective. The buyer is saying part of my a significant percentage of their purchase decisions based on how they mitigate the risk. Yep. And if you don't have a sense of that, again, every interaction you have with them and understanding how they their risk profile and what how they evaluate risk, then it's it's hard to help them.
0: Well, to your point, Andy. I mean, you, you're playing them. You're 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 trying to think about okay, what's their mindset right now? How can I make them look good? And also, like, what's their risk on this as well? Right? What's their mm-hmm. risk tolerance? So, um, poker gets you to think in in terms of like you know, puts you into the person, the perspective of the other person.
1: So, have you stopped? Or do you still play?
0: I don't play. No, I I don't. I I can't play any games anymore. The only um, it's just I keep thinking about business every time, so um, I, I can't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's. Do you find that some of the same behaviors, though, that you had, I mean, I know some gamers, I had a guy that worked for me, he was a very talented salesperson, but he just he was staying up every night, five nights a week, gaming and eventually wore himself wore himself out and wasn't able to do both. And I was wondering, do you find yourself sort of tempted to serve some of those same behaviors, but applied to business?
0: Yeah, no, not really, because, so, I mean, when I'm awake, it's, um, you know, I sleep typically on during normal times. So, so right now, you know, traveling right now, but when, when I'm sleeping, I'm sleeping at nine 30, 10 PM and I'm getting up mm-hmm. around, uh, let's say five 30, 6 AM. And, right. um, so, but to me that that's a power up. Right. So again, like I've right. reframed, it's like, how, how can I get more of these? How can I get more of these? Right. Um, right. and I, I realized that like, I used to stay up to two, three, four, sometimes even 6 AM playing poker or playing games. Um, I knew how that felt. And I knew eating at those times, like, it was really unhealthy. I, I barely slept. Right. Um, so these are right. all negative power-ups. So I I, I try to um, just keep thinking in those perspectives, um, and that, that helps me a lot.
1: So one of the things you don't really address in the book is relationships. I mean, so yeah, we think about, take a holistic look at this thing and and relationships. How how does that sort of factor in for you?
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I would just preface this with saying that, you know, there's only 15 power-ups in the book, but in life, there's there's way more than that. I think it's really, um, it's an initial reframe for people. And so, relationships are everything to me. I mean, you know, I, I'm in a lot of these different networks, uh, YPO, Entrepreneurs Organization, mm-hmm. um, and I could just keep keep going down the list, right? You know, Singularity University, sure. TED, and all that. And so, um, even here in, in in Miami right now, like I'm doing a dinner on, on Saturday. And so, for me, I just like being able to create communities, and I know communities can stand the test of time. Um, and I, I think it's a defensible moat, actually. And um, you know, we even have a group for the Marketing School podcast as well. And mm-hmm. um, you know relationships, I, I think the way I look at it, some, sometimes, you know, initially, like I was spending a lot of time on Clubhouse. And then my, my podcast co-host, Niels, was like, you know, dude, you're wasting a lot of time. Like, and, um, you know.
1: Why, why do you think you're wasting time?
0: Well, he was like, dude, you should like, what about all the other stuff with like, um, you know, business and all that? Like he, he, and it's a very valid point. Like, you know, I was sacrificing a lot. My, my, my screen time was like two to three hours before. And then after clubhouse, like at my high point, it went up to 10 hours a day, which was like, it was getting unhealthy. Like it actually started reminding me of my gaming days. Um, Hmm. and, but like when he, when when we talked about this on the podcast, I was like, look, you know, at the, at, at the end of the day, if, if your net, if your net worth is your network, uh, then it's everything to me. It's, it's global mm-hmm. networking, right? Some of the most, most amazing people I've actually met in clubhouse. And then, you know, we, we've started collaborations and talking and things like that. Right. So, um, right. to your point, I am all about, um, if, if I think in, if I force myself to think in decades, then I continually reinvest into relationships right now. And I don't, to me, it's worth, you know, anything like I'll spend for like, if, if I had to spend, you know, 25, 30 grand or whatever, or even just like um, for these groups, I'll do it. And in the early days, I wasn't spending anything like that. I was just, I was putting together small little groups. Like if I'm a salesperson right now, um, let's say I'm like a sales manager, maybe I'll get a group of nine mm-hmm. other sales managers and we'll meet once a month. And we'll talk about, hey, here's what's working. Here's one thing I need help with. And I, I did that when I was about 25 or 26 years old. I had no right. resources, nothing. And um, it's just, it again, it forces you into long-term thinking. And um, those relationships will all come back to you. You just, relationships or are, are introductions are free to make. Right. So I do it all the time. Mm -hmm.
1: So when you talk about this, this dinner you're doing in in Miami, this is part of your building your network.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, so I've been here for, I'm leaving this Sunday, so I'll be here for a month. Um, But I did one dinner two weeks ago and I had, um, you know, coffee with a bunch of other people. And then I'm I'm doing another one this, um, this, uh, this Saturday and um, yeah, you know, I pick up the bill and everything. I just hey guys, let's just get together, and I connect everyone afterwards. And it's it's not hard to do, um, but it just it's the payoff is so big. So
1: right. Well, one of the last things that, and sort of aligned to that is one talk about is about focus. Uh, well, actually, two things. One talk about focus, and I loved your your power up about uh, thievery as well. So um, focus. I think this is something that, and I love the way you you phrase it. You talk about it's more matter about. What you say no to, and I imagine this is a challenge for you based on everything you have going on. So, what's your advice to give to people about how to how to prioritize what you say no to?
0: Yeah. I, I, well, um, there's a there's an answer. You know, for when you have more resources, it's just to hire amazing people to run the different projects yeah. that you have going on. You know, GMs or CEOs. Right. There's that. But for me, I, I think one thing that can be practical for for everyone is I create a word of the year. My word of the year for 2021 is to harvest. So harvest means not taking, it's like harvesting the crops I currently have right now. I'm not trying to take on Mm -hmm. other stuff right now. Um, and to me, there's a lot of stuff going on, but the easiest way to look at what I do is it's a marketing holding company. So we have the software, we have the ad agency, the events business, and all Mm -hmm. this other stuff. Um, so I just fundamentally focus on marketing businesses. So right now I'm, you know, I'm looking at, you know, the software company over here or maybe buying the service business over here, but Mm -hmm. I have certain, you know, let's call it investment, investment criteria, you know, can I blow this up with my audiences? Um, right. You know, is this a fit with marketing? Is this a one plus one equal five situation? Right? Um, right. So that's how I focus, um, and I, I we're very protective about what we say yes to because we just have too much going on right now. So
1: I like it. Word of the year. I have to think about that. Yeah. Um, all right. Last thing is, is I love the, again, the power up about the level up about thievery. Um, you kept the quote from Picasso: "Good artists borrow; great artists steal." Um, tell us about that. Why that was so important to you?
0: That, that's my favorite chapter in the book because there's um, mm-hmm. there's cognitive dissonance because people don't like to think of themselves as as thieves. But um, at, at the end of the day, you know, it's it's a stronger word. But we're all learning from each other. Like you know, we're learning from sure. each other here on this podcast. Um, and maybe we're taking a little chunk and then we're we're injecting that into our worldview, right? And, and yep. so, yep. to me you know when i look at um when i look at you know the the rockets from spacex they come back to earth which is a big uh, accomplishment but the fundamental design the base design still looks the same as like rockets we've seen in like the 60s right or the 70s and so you know i'm oversimplifying it but um you know when we think about a lot of stuff that that's happening like oh by the way um didn't Instagram steal stories from snap? And then now everyone stole stories, (laughs) right? So I just think like, we don't need to, there's a lot of pressure to have to be quote unquote original. And, but if you just make something 10 to 20, if you add 10 to 20% of your flavor to something, it becomes original and you just keep iterating. We're all iterating every single day. We're all leveling up 1%. And that's what it is. Like every single thing you see, like, um, you know, if, if, if your sales pitch sucks, okay, let's level up the sales pitch, let's iterate on it. Mm-hmm. Um, if the product sucks, let's do customer development, let's talk to people, right? So we're constantly improving. Um, why does Warren Buffett read five hours a day? He's iterating, he's constantly adjusting his worldview based on new based on new data that's coming. So that's why I see yep. us like as as computers, we're just ingesting stuff and we're adjusting and then we're just make sure we got to perform at a high level and play the game. And then when we die, we die, that's it.
1: Yeah, well, I, mean, I think the thing I'd add to that though is just that is be conscious about it, right? Is be conscious about bringing new influences in and, and understanding what the impact they are having on you, as opposed to just being a robot and just you know bringing in. Because I think that's what separates humans from the machines is this consciousness. And yeah, and I think that's if you are conscious about what it influences, because you, to your point, I mean, we're all influences. I mean, I, everything I write, I'm sure, is influenced by a number of, of sources that I've read in the past or things that I've done that have been informed by things I read and so on. And that's okay. I mean, that's how you move forward. And this is why it's so important to get back to sort of the beginning of the conversation is you have to have an information diet that supports that, that enables you to move forward.
0: 100%.
1: Yeah. All right. Eric, it's been fantastic to talk with you. If people want to connect with you, how can they do that?
0: Yeah, they can go to levelingup.com or they can just... uh you know, check out Amazon and pick it up there, or just reach out to me on Instagram or Twitter at Eric OSIU.
1: Yeah, and do do pick up the book, because first of all, it's a very well-designed book, so it's a lot of fun to read. Uh, you've structured it sort of as, in the like I said, in the game motif, which, which was great, and uh, yeah, makes it for a quick read. So, Eric, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. As always, I'm so grateful for your support of this show. And I want to thank my guest, Eric Sue for sharing his insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you could also leave us a rating or a review and let us know how we're doing, we'd certainly appreciate it. And you could do all that on your phone in less than a minute as soon as this episode is over. So thank you for your help. And as always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.